Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. Well, you ready for the word this morning? All right, I'm not going to try to keep y'all too long this morning. If you don't mind standing, that's what we do, our custom and culture in honor of reading of God's word. We're going to be reading out of Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 10. This is the passage of scripture I felt led to share with y'all this morning. And these are the words of the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Galatia. And I believe it's relevant to today with everything that we have going on. Somebody say Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 10. Once you're there, say, I'm there. If you need a second, say, hold up. All right, didn't hear any hold ups. You can follow along with what's being read on the screen. Thank you, Jesus. It says this Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh, somebody say flesh, reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will, somebody say, I will, reap. If we do not, what? Not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Isn't that good stuff, church? I want to preach to y'all a message entitled and called Full Circle Fruits. Full Circle Fruits. If you're taking notes this morning, Can we just go ahead and pray and just have our hearts and minds open to receive whatever God wants to speak and say this morning? Lord Jesus, I I thank you, Lord, for just anointing these words. Thank you for everything that you've done up until this point and everything that you will continue to do. Um, We don't allow there to be any distractions or anything, God, that would take us away from what you have planned for us, God. Your word says, Jesus, that, that come to me all those who are weary and heavy laden, that you would give them rest. So I pray for rest today and for peace today. This church is not a place where we come to be entertained, God. If we wanted to be entertained, we could go to the movies, God. No, we came to be edified. We came to be built up. We came to be encouraged, Lord. We came to see you more clearly, Jesus. So we speak, have your way. Let your kingdom come and your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Everybody said amen, 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 amen. Turn to the person next to you if you don't mind and say, let's get to work this morning. Let's get to work this morning. You may be seated. God bless you. Thank you for standing. Awesome. You know, I was, uh, I was thinking to myself about how God has an amazing way of bringing things full circle in our lives. Wouldn't you agree? Like, God has an amazing way of bringing things full circle in our lives. And I believe it's so that way you can see how far he has brought you and appreciate what he has done and what he can do in your life. I was reminded of this whenever I stumbled across a photo of me and Pastor CJ that was taken over 10 years ago, back in 2011. And stand up, Pastor CJ, my bro right here. We're wearing the same shirt today, too, y'all. Come on, that's awesome. This, who's, who's taking the photos for YouTube right now? I was going to say, have them right here. Let's have that for, come on, come on. My, this is my bro. Come on, give Pastor CJ a hand clap. Come on. This may have to be the YouTube. Let's do it. Hey, we can do that. That's going to be the YouTube cover photo. If you haven't subscribed to us on YouTube, subscribe to us on there, all the messages. Well, hopefully. We'll see how it turned out, right? You ever, like, take a photo, like, a group of people, and the first thing you look at is yourself, right? So am I good or not? You know what I mean? But anyways, um, I will never forget this photo because this was the first time um, that we hung out together. His family had just started coming to our church, and they invited us over um, to their house for a family 
dinner. And, uh, you know, obviously both of our names are Caleb. CJ is actually short for first name Caleb, middle name Joshua. My name is Caleb. My little brother's name is Joshua. Um, and now pray for us because it's going to be even more confusing because my sister just made it official with her boyfriend, Allison, who his first name is Joshua and his middle name is Caleb. So many Caleb's and Joshua's, y'all. Pray for our family. But I will never forget when this photo was taken because, you know, I showed up at his house. It was after school, and we both went to different schools, but they had strict dress code. So I showed up wearing, like, the same thing that he wore, and it was, like, one of those things. It was, like, um, you know, hey, my name is Caleb. Hey, my name's Caleb, too. Like, did we just become best friends? And from there, there, y'all, like, we became inseparable, and we just hung out all the time, and it was incredible. And little did I know that he would eventually become my brother-in-law and also my partner and best friend in ministry that we'd get to serve alongside one another. In this past year... And this past year for his 25th birthday, get this, y'all, this happened by just happenstance. This past year for his 25th birthday, we showed up to his house, his parents' house, unplanned, wearing the same green shirt. That's our 14-year Riverside Church anniversary shirt. And whenever that happened, like, we had to take a photo right there. Like, who would have thought, bro, that's my bro, I love you, man, you're my best friend, my brother. But, like, who would have thought that, like, a simple photo 10 years ago that we took would turn into that right there. You know what you call that? A full circle moment. Can somebody say full circle? I'm reminded of another full circle moment in my life when it comes to my job and also when it comes to my fiance, Brooklyn. For those that don't know, I currently work for an HVAC company, heating and air conditioning. Uh, I work there as a helper and do what I can to help out over there. Still learning a lot. Uh, so just a heads up, you try to call me for help with AC issues and stuff. I'm probably going to say, all right, call this person instead. You know, but like... Years ago, it's funny because, you know, our AC went out at our house. Isn't that the worst, especially in South Texas, where we are with the humidity? I've been to other parts of the country where it's the same temperature as it is here, but something about that humidity in South Texas, right, where our AC went out. And whenever our AC went out, we reached out to a guy who works for an AC company that went to our church, and he showed up, and he checked out the condenser outside. He said, yeah, your AC unit's broken. You're going to need a new one. Let me talk to my boss. Let me see what deal and what price we can get, get you. So he goes to his boss and he tells him, hey, boss, my pastor, his AC went out. Uh, what price can we give them? What should I tell them? And, and by coincidence, what happened was there was a spare unit that they didn't know what they were going to do with, which was the exact one that we needed. It was an older used one that was in there that was still working. He said, you know what? And this boss, come to find out, he had a heart for people that are in ministry and pastors. He said, you know what? Go ahead and bless them with that AC unit. We're not going to charge them anything. So they came and they installed it. And guess what? That's still the AC unit that we are using today, y'all. And one day, I met this beautiful girl who walked through the doors of our church, who became my fiance. I put a ring on it, y'all. And the time came, because, you know, once you find a woman, it's like, all right, I got to make some moolah. I got to start making some money, because they ain't cheap. You know, I'm just kidding. No offense to all ladies. I was like, you know, I got I to gotta find a place to work. So it turn, turns out, I found out that her dad owned an AC company. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and try to apply because I still want to serve here at church and do what I can with the youth ministry and everything like that. So I applied and I was able to get the job. And one big deal that the boss always made was this. He said, make sure that you put the sticker, sticker, the service sticker with the company name and logo and the number on each unit that you install. Because if there's an issue or something happens, they know who to contact. So one day, out of curiosity, I went to my backyard. I was like, I wonder what kind of unit we have. And take in mind, we never met the boss that blessed us or anything. Like, we didn't know who he was. We just related to the technician. Hey, tell him that we said we are so thankful and we are so appreciative. And guess the first thing that I see on that AC unit? 
that same sticker that we've applied to so many different units here in Victoria. So come to find out, that boss, my boss, was the same boss that blessed us years ago with an AC unit. He reaped what he sowed, y'all. That's all I'm trying to say. So if you have any children or anything like that, you're like, God, send them the right one. Sow something. You never know what can come around. Just, just kidding. But isn't it funny how God has a way of bringing things full circle in our lives, right? He has a way of orchestrating things. You do realize that even this church, y'all, that even this church is the product of a full circle. This, ch- this church is a product of a full circle. Uh, my dad's father, my dad, he was known as the son of a nightclub owner. My grandpa came into Victoria in the 70s and established and built what was known as the Riverside Convention Center, over 20,000 square feet. And they would have big dances and concerts and big name artists from all over the country would come and perform there and people would show up. But there was also a lot of drug and alcohol abuse and affairs and addictions, a lot of things that were transpiring and taking place within that lifestyle that just wasn't right. In fact, my dad didn't grow up in church. He was serving alcohol at a very young age over the counter as like a bartender, y'all. But one day, God grabbed a hold of my family's heart, and he brought them out of that lifestyle. And now today, here at Riverside Church, you see that? Riverside Convention Center, Riverside, that's a full circle right there. Now, we are seeing the same people and beyond. You want to know something else, full circle moment? Pastor CJ's parents, Koi and Ophemia, actually met at Riverside Convention Center at a dance, but now they're part of Riverside Church. What do you call that? That's a full circle. So we are seeing the same people and beyond come to this church, give their life to Jesus, being set free and delivered by the power of the Holy Spirit. And we aren't seeing families being torn apart, y'all, or being separated. No, we are seeing God bring families together, restoring marriages, building strong families. And guess what? We're still dancing. We just changed partners. Oh, come on. Who knows? Only God can do something like that. Guess what that is? That is called a full circle moment. Can somebody say full circle? Full circle. What's interesting, I was thinking about this. As you study scripture, y'all, you'll find out that the Bible is full of full circle moments. Like you do realize that even when it comes to the book of Genesis and how the Bible begins, it describes God creating man and creating woman, bringing the two together, the two shall become one. In other words, God was the one who officiated the first wedding so the bible begins with with a wedding but you do realize that in the book of revelation in chapter 21 on the latter part of the book of revelation it describes a wedding between christ and his bride representing us where one day we'll be gathered together and be united with christ forever so the bible starts with a wedding the bible ends with the wedding what do you call that a full circle one of the full circles i love is is the life and story of moses somebody say moses I'm sure you're probably aware of the story of Moses, right? Moses, you need to understand that he was shepherding sheep whenever God called him. And he was actually on Mount Sinai, a mountain area, mountain range area, whenever, you know, God appeared to him and talked to him through the form of a burning bush. And he told Moses on Mount Sinai, he said, I want you to go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. And I'm going to use you to bring the people. They've been in chains. They've been in slavery for far too long. I hear their cries. I want you to go. But Moses responds back by saying, right, he says, Lord, but I'm not eloquent of speech. 
I'm not qualified. I'm not good enough. In fact, Moses ends up saying, he says, send somebody else. But then God said, you know who you're talking to? I know what you're capable of. I created your mouth. I created your tongue. I created everything. You think I can't use you? And guess what? God uses Moses to go to Pharaoh, and God uses Moses to lead the people of, uh, of Israel out of Egypt, out of slavery, through the Red Sea, into the desert. And guess where God brings them to camp out around whenever he brings them to that area? Mount Sinai. And it's on Mount Sinai where he receives the Ten Commandments from God. And it's on Mount Sinai where the power and the presence and glory of God came down. Oh, come on. It's not a coincidence. It was the same place where he said, God, send somebody else, was the same place that God said, look what I just did. Look what I just did through you and in you. Look around you. Look at the people that are around. Oh, come on. The Bible is full of full circle moments, even right afterward. Am I going too fast for y'all? Even right afterward, y'all, you'll find out that God doesn't allow Moses and his generation to enter into the promised land. So for 40 years, they are wondering, they're walking circles within the desert. So until Joshua and his people in the previous generation passed away, so they are walking circles. They are being led by, by a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. But then one day, God leads them to go through the Jordan River, and the first city that they have to conquer is Jericho. And Pastor Bobby talked about this a while back, right? And guess what God tells them to do once they get to Jericho? He says, I want you to walk circles around the walls of Jericho. And on the seventh day, after you go around it, I want you to make a sound and blow the trumpets. And we know the story. The walls came tumbling down. What's amazing is that God had already conditioned them beforehand through the past 40 years to walk circles around. What do you call that? That's a full circle moment. Somebody say full circle. But not only do we see good things and miracles come full circle in the Bible, but think about this. We also see sin and selfishness come full circle in the Bible. I think Jacob is a great example of this. Somebody say Jacob. Jacob, he's known as one of the patriarchs, right? He's, it's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Isaac was his father, right? But Jacob was the second born. He was born of a twin by the name of Esau. And the firstborn uh, was able to receive a special blessing and a birthright. And that's what Jacob wanted. He wanted what Esau had. So what he ends up doing is he ends up deceiving his, his, his father Isaac by pretending to be Esau and receiving that blessing from his father. So Jacob, he's known as a deceiver, the supplanter, the hill grabber. He deceived his father, and Esau, of course, he gets upset. He chases after Jacob. Jacob's on the run, and then Jacob comes in contact with this girl by the name of Rachel. Somebody say Rachel. He falls head over heels in love with this girl. He wants to marry her. So he talks to the father, Laban, and he says, what do I have to do to get with your daughter? And he says, okay, you need to work seven years. So he ends up working seven years in order to get Rachel. The seven years come to an end. Then all of a sudden, the wedding ceremony took place and everything that happened. And then what happened was whenever he goes into the tent on his wedding night, the father, Laban, sneaks in the older daughter, Leah, rather than Rachel. What happened? Jacob wakes up the next morning like, who are you? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's not my wife. That's not, you're not Rachel. It was the older sister Leah. In other words, the deceiver was deceived. He reaped what he sowed. He sowed in the flesh. He reaped in the flesh. It all came full circle because who knows? Sometimes sin, if you're not careful, has a way of catching up to you. Oh, sin does have a way of catching up to you, but at the same time, that's why we're so thankful, y'all, for the grace and mercy and forgiveness of our God that is there when we ask for it and we repent and say, God, I need you right now. Oh, you need to understand this, y'all, that 
none of us deserve to be here this morning, that if we got what we deserved, and if everything wrong that we've done in our life came full circle, we wouldn't even be here right now. But Jesus didn't come to give us what you deserve. Jesus came to give you what he deserves. And because of what Jesus Christ has done on the cross over 2,000 years ago, the scripture says that we can boldly approach the throne of grace and receive grace and mercy from God. And God cast our sin as far as the east is from the west. The Bible says that he takes us when we're red as crimson, and he makes us white as wool. Come on, somebody. He takes us when it's red as scarlet. He makes us white as snow. What does he do? He makes us into a new creation. Oh, come on. Is anybody in here thankful for the mercy and love and grace of God? We don't deserve to be here, but because of God's grace and his mercy. Somebody say full circle. Why do I share those stories with you this morning? Anybody following and tracking what's being said this morning? Why do I share those stories with you this morning? It's because I want you to grab a hold of this. A principle that we find all throughout Scripture and in the Scripture text that we read this morning. And that principle is this. You ready? The law of the harvest. Somebody say the law of the harvest. And the law of the harvest is rooted in this idea that God has a way of bringing things full circle and that you will reap what you, dis- that you, will reap what you sow. And this is a law. Get this. This is a law that cannot be avoided or disputed, just like there are other laws of nature that God has established and put into his creation. Like, we know different laws of nature, right? Like the law of gravity, right? The law of gravity states that due to the gravitational pull of the earth, whatever goes up has to what? Come down, right? It doesn't matter if it's an apple. It doesn't matter if it's a satellite orbiting the earth. What goes up has to come down. There's another law that I I found out about called the second law of thermodynamics. And I didn't really know much about it, but I found out that all of us are actually experiencing this law of nature right now, even as you're sitting down right now. You may not even fully comprehend it, but your body is experiencing it. You know what that second law of thermodynamic states? That everything and anything in the universe is aging, decaying, and wearing away. Everything in this universe is aging, decaying, or wearing away. It doesn't matter if it's your car, if it's your clothes, if it's your home. If it's your body, like nothing is forever but God. That's why the scripture says the, the flower, the grass withers and the flower fades, but it's the word of God that will stand forever. See, there, there, are, there are certain laws that we find within Scripture, that, that we find in God's creation, y'all. And it doesn't matter how much we want to debate it or disagree with it. It is unchanging. Oh, don't believe me? Jump off a cliff and you will learn quickly about the law of gravity. Oh, I don't care how much beauty product you use or anti-aging cream or lotion. Guess what? We are all getting older. The Bible says from dust we came and from dust we shall return. There are laws that God has embedded and written into his creation that's governing the universe, natural laws. But can I tell you something? There are also moral and spiritual laws that God has written into into his creation, like the law of the harvest. And it doesn't matter how much we want to avoid it, how much we want to run away from it. It is there and it is unchanging. Somebody say the law of the harvest. See, that's why the apostle Paul wrote, anybody follow me this morning? It's ingrained into his creation. That's why the Apostle Paul wrote in the first verse that we read in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. He says this, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that will he also reap. Somebody repeat this after me. Say, whatever I sow, that will I reap. 
Sowing and reap what, you may ask? Well, the Apostle Paul mentions an example when it comes to sowing and reaping in the flesh and in the spirit. Meaning that whenever we are led by our flesh, our sinful nature, our carnality, that it will lead to more corruption. It will lead to death. But if we are led by the spirit of God, that it will lead to life. But you need to understand this, that the law of the harvest also applies to everything else in our lives. It doesn't matter if it's your attitude, if it's your choices, your decision, your, your, your decisions, your finances, your time, your talent, or whatever it may be. That's what my dad always used to tell me. He said, son, you better watch how you treat me because God has a way of bringing things full circle whenever you have your own kids one day. And they're going to give you mouth one day and say, man, God, where did that come from? Sometimes you just you reap what you sow. It's the law of the harvest. Somebody say the law of the harvest. It's the law of the harvest. See, in other words, you reap what you sow. It doesn't matter. Get this. It doesn't matter if it's in this life or the life to come in eternity. God will not be mocked. Whatever you sow, you will reap. It will come full circle. And I want to say this, too, because I want to kind of teach this morning. We need to understand that the law of the harvest is not karma. I hear too many Christians say, oh, karma's going to get me. You know what I mean? Like karma's like some person that's like waiting like to attack them or whatever else. I don't know. It's like, and karma, right? Anybody got any karma? Like even this past week, I heard somebody say, oh, I can't do that because karma's going to get me. You do realize that karma is rooted in the Eastern belief within Buddhism and Hinduism that deals with reincarnation, that if I treat people poorly and act horribly now, that I'll be reincarnated as a worm or something else miserable. So as Christians, we don't believe in karma, but we do believe in the law of the harvest and reaping, and we believe in sowing. Can I hear an amen from somebody? Just to bring more clarity. And I want to give you two other disclaimers too, just like I said earlier. We don't always get what we deserve. Thanks to the mercy and love and forgiveness of our God. Can we give God praise for that? And secondly, I want to say this. I understand life happens. The Bible says it rains on the just and it rains on the unjust. That sometimes good things happen to quote-unquote bad people, and sometimes bad things happen to quote-unquote good people. Like Job, who enjoyed last week's message from Pastor Bobby? Talking about Job, right? That was good. Job was faithful and loyal to God, but he had to go through trials and tribulation and through some testing. Just like Jesus said, don't be surprised when trials come and tribulations come. You're going to be going through things that you're going to experience in life. But get this, even at the end of the day, Job was still faithful and loyal to God. And he said, the Lord giveth, the Lord taketh away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. And, at, and what happens after that is that he receives a double portion of what he had beforehand. So even then, at the end of the day, the law of the harvest rings true that you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. Things will come full circle. Okay, I'm just going to go ahead and read this to y'all, just because there's anybody that's looking at, looking at me like deer in headlights. I want to read some scripture to back up what I'm saying, because I'm not just saying my opinion. I'm saying scripture. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 8 says it like this. It says, those who plant injustice will harvest disaster. Those who plant injustice will harvest disaster. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 31 says it like this. They will eat the fruit of their ways. Somebody say fruit full circle fruits, and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, this is the words of the Apostle Paul as he's talking about being generous and sowing into the church and the kingdom of God. He says this, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap 
generously. This is the law of the harvest. I want you to grab a hold of this. This is the law of the harvest, and it's been proven time and time again. And I believe that should give us confidence and hope to know that we serve a God and we serve a Savior that sees everything that we sow, and he sees the intent of our hearts, and he promises us a harvest for our good deeds. But at the same time, I want you to get this this morning, because we're going to shift right now. We're going to change gears right now. God promises a harvest for the good deeds that we have, but at the same time, I want you to get this, that we have a responsibility as well as believers, like the Apostle Paul said, when it comes to reaping what we've been sowing, the Apostle Paul said, don't grow weary in good doing for in due season. Somebody say, in due season, we will reap if we don't what? Do not give up. Oh, even farmers know, y'all. We had farmers during first service. I was talking to them and like, yeah, that's, that's so true. Farmers know that a harvest doesn't just happen, right? That you have to prepare the field, the soil. You have to plant the seed. And then what you do, you protect the crop. See, there's a process to the harvest taking place. And just like there is a, there's a process to the law of the harvest, that's why in one passage of Scripture, the Apostle Paul, he gives this comparison when it comes to the growth and the prospering of a church that he had planted. He said, I'm the one that sowed the seed. Apollos, another minister, is the one who came and watered it. But ultimately, it's God that brought forth the increase, and God is the one who grew it. See, we even as ministers, we understand that, yes, we are laborers, but God is the builder. Unless God build the house, those that labor, labor in vain. So we need to understand this. Get this. If we want to see a harvest take place in our life, whatever it may be, we need to realize, yes, God will grow it, but we have a responsibility to sow it. We have a responsibility to labor. Somebody say, it's my job to sow it, but it's God's job to grow it. Okay, I want to make this very clear for you all this morning. Anybody tracking along with me this morning? Awesome. I want to give you guys a chart. I want you to see this, this cycle, this circle. Somebody say full circle. This is what has to transpire. This is what has to take place in order for there to be a harvest, right? There has to be steps to, to the harvest. There has to be preparation. Somebody say prepare. Then there has to be planting. Somebody say plant. Then there has to be protection. Somebody say protect. And then what happens? The harvest comes forth. And I believe that each one of these, because you need to understand the Bible time and time again, even in the parables and teachings of Jesus, he gives analogies and metaphors and examples when it comes to the kingdom of God and agriculture. He said the kingdom of God is like this. The kingdom of God is like that. And the apostle Paul said, he said, you will reap a harvest if you don't give up. So I wonder if somewhere along the day in our sowing and laboring, we forget a step or we fall short or we give up too easily and we don't see the full harvest that God has in store for us. Question who wants to see a harvest take place in their life? Am I the only one? Everything that I've sown, everything I've done. And guess what? We don't serve God for stuff. If you are serving God for stuff so that way you can just have a nice car, a nice home, you're serving him for all the wrong reasons. That's not what we do. We don't serve him for stuff. We serve him because he's the source. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. God wants, like, it's nothing wrong with having stuff, but stuff wasn't meant to have you. So what I want to do this morning is, as we get ready, because this really ties in, I believe that we need to keep this in mind as we sow our first fruits this morning and also as we go through life. I want to talk about each one of these real quick, just these bottom three ones. Anybody ready for this morning? Awesome. Let's go through it. 
You may want to take some notes or maybe look back at this later, but we're talking about how we can see a harvest take place in our life. And this is what I felt like God gave me. The first thing that has to happen is this. You ready? Preparation. Somebody say preparation. Any farmer knows that in order for there to be a harvest, there must first be preparation where they till the fields and prepare the soil. See, and the same is true when it comes to us and reaping and sowing. Because this is what I've learned, y'all. Get this. I've learned that there's a difference between planning and preparing. There's a difference between planning and preparing, right? Because planning is all about thinking. Planning is all about speaking. But preparing is about doing. Faith without works is dead. Like you can tell your spouse, your fiance, your girlfriend, I'm going to make a great meal. I'm planning to make a great meal for you when you get back home, right? You can plan all you want, but until you prepare and gather all the ingredients and do what is necessary, those are just words. You can say, I'm planning to meet the right person. I'm planning to get married. I'm planning to find the the right spouse. But until you start preparing, oh, come on, somebody. Until you start preparing and getting your life in order and just really take things in mind, not trying to find the right person, but becoming the right person, there's a difference between planning and preparing. Somebody say planning, Planning. preparing. Oh, I love it because earlier in this fast, y'all, I saw somebody post on the Riverside Church community page. They said this. They said, you know what? I have this idea for this fast and this first fruits offering. I'm going to take all the money that I would have used for spending on fast food and eating out now, and I'm going to take that money, and I'm going to give that towards my first fruits offering. You know what that is? Preparation. Let me tell you something about God. God honors preparation and anticipation. Don't believe me? Look at this life of Elijah, a prophet, a man of God. At one point, he's going through a, a famine. He's going through a drought, and he finds himself in this dried-up seabed. And God wants to send him rain. He's talking to God. But before the rain came, guess what God told him to do? He told him to dig ditches in the valley. That may not have made sense to everybody else, just like sometimes God will speak to you, and he will say, prepare, or like Noah, build, or do this, or do that. And people may think you're crazy, but you know in your heart and your mind, no, God told me to do this. I'm going to honor him because I'm going to prepare because the harvest is coming. The worst thing that can happen, y'all, is a harvest come and us not be prepared. For the harvest to come and us not to be prepared for what God has for us. See, that's why I like to say it like this. One of my one-liners I say, proper preparation prevents poor performance. I'm going to say it one more time. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. It's true for school. It's true for business. It's true for sports. Whatever may be, proper preparation prevents poor performance. That's why I'm thankful that we as a church, y'all, we aren't just planning for the future. We're not just planning for the next location, but we are preparing for what God has ahead of us in the future. How? Through the academy, through the school, through the daycare, by building strong teams and departments and leaders, by seeing strong families be built up, by seeing disciples made, by, by, by sowing seeds, by having first fruits offering, by doing what we can. See, the church is not built off of the gifts and talents of a few, y'all. The church is built off of the sacrifices of many. And I wonder if you have that kind of faith to prepare for what God has ahead of you, whatever that may be and whatever that may look like. We need to be people that have anticipation and faith and prepare and say, God, I know that my faith honors you and you honor my faith. I'm going to prepare. Somebody say prepare. prepare. The second thing that has to happen, this making sense to somebody this morning? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Oh, man, even when it comes to, you know, 
You ever done this? I know I've done it before, right? Like, even when it comes, like, tests at school and stuff, right? Whenever I was, like, in high school and stuff, right? I mean, some people, I've heard them say, oh, you know, like, I'm, I just pray God helps me. And I ask them, have you studied? Have you prepared? The Bible says study yourself approved. Don't expect just to step into a classroom and not prepare at all ahead of time because God will many times will use what's in your head and what's in your heart. Prepare. Somebody say prepare. Ooh. All right. Plant. Somebody say plant. So we prepare the field, but what do we do after preparation takes place? It's nothing unless we plant the seed or the seed gets planted. See, the second thing that must happen is planting or sowing the seed. And this seed could represent your time. It could represent your talent. It could represent your treasure. And get this. When it comes to evangelism, when it comes to reaching out to other people, seeing other people, who wants to see your family saved? Who wants to see your coworkers saved? Who wants to see their classmates saved? Who wants to see their friends saved? Let me give you a word of advice that lifted a huge weight off my shoulders as well. We find a scripture where Jesus talked about the parable of the sower, and he equated the seed to the word of God. We need to understand that it's not your job to see the salvation in somebody else's life. It's your job to seed that salvation in somebody else's life. By the example that you are, by the life that you live, by what you share with them. And guess what? Sometimes that seed falls on soil that is hard, representing their heart. Sometimes that seed gets plucked up by the fowl of the air, the enemy. Sometimes it's a thorn and the thistles that rise up the pleasures of this world that come and choke it out. But sometimes it falls on good soil. So I want to encourage somebody today. You're believing for a harvest of, of revival and salvation in your family, in your children's life. Guess what your responsibility is as a parent, as, as an employee, as a boss? You just keep on throwing seed. You keep on throwing seed wherever you go. That's what we do. We're th you know what I'm doing right now? You know what I'm doing right now as I'm preaching to y'all? I'm throwing the seed. I'm throwing the word of God. What you want to do with it, that's up to you. Because the power of the word is not what you hear, but it's what you put into practice. And you can come to church all the time, but if your heart is closed up and you have some type of perspective on it, the way that you perceive something is the way that you will receive it. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. So I wonder if you have the right perspective. The right perspective. Somebody say plants. See, once the soil is prepared, there has to be planting that takes place. Because who knows, you can't reap what you haven't sown. Some people want to reap what they haven't sown. But you can't make a withdrawal if you never made a deposit. If I showed up to a bank I have no account at and I said, hey, I'm here to get this money out, they'd be looking at me like I'm crazy. Why? Because I haven't deposited anything in there. And let me share something with you, too, real quick. When it comes to the law of the harvest, okay, get this. Who knows that whenever a, a farmer plants a seed, it doesn't just come back as a seed, but it comes back as the fruit, the produce. It comes back in a different form. I believe the same is true when it comes to the law of the harvest and sowing seed, that, yes, we may sow finances, we may sow time, we may sow whatever it may be, but it could come back in whatever way, through whatever season or need that you have during that time and moment in life. It could come back physically. It could come back financially. It, it could come back, you know, emotionally, relationally. But I promise you this, whether in this life or in the next life to come in heaven, you will reap what you sow. God will not be mocked. And if you don't like what you're tasting and eating right now and what you're experiencing in life, can I tell you something? If you don't like what you're experiencing and what you're eating, change what you're sowing. Change what you're sowing. Because guess what? You will eat the fruit of your ways. Oh, you can't expect to have a happy and healthy and strong marriage if all you're doing is sowing division and discord and putting the other person down. Guess what? Because you reap what you sow. 
You reap what you sow. Somebody say, I reap what I sow. You reap what you sow. The next thing that has to happen is this. This is too harsh for y'all. I love y'all so much, by the way. I pro- I'm not mad at y'all, okay? I promise. This is what I felt like God wanted me to share with y'all, okay? <laughs> the next thing that has to happen, if we want to see a harvest take place, y'all, is this. You ready? Protection. Somebody say protect. That once something is planted, it must be protected. Like farmers, they don't just prepare the soil. They don't just plant the seed and leave it be and run around. It's like, yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be growing. You haven't been out there in weeks. You haven't been good. It's going to grow. I know. I know. It's potatoes. They're good. They're easy. Right? It's like whatever else. I don't know what that was. But anyways, <laughs> what do they do? No, they watch over. They water it. They repel any insects or things that may try to come and go at it. That's why the Apostle Paul said this. He said, don't grow weary in good doing. Like, for in due season, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. In other words, I want you to think about this for a second. It's possible to prepare, and it's possible to plant, but if you don't protect what you've sown and what you've invested by prayer and consistency, you can miss out on the full harvest that God has for you and your family. Oh, anybody just get what I just said right there? It's possible, I will, it's possible to prepare, it's possible to plant, but if you don't protect what you have invested and sown through prayer and consistency, you haven't, you can miss out on the fullness of what God has in store for you and your family. See, this is what I've learned. I've learned that many of us are good at possessing things, but we're not as good at protecting things. We're good at possessing things, but we're not as good at protecting them. See, you need to understand this. Even when it comes to things like peace, you come to church and you receive peace from the Holy Spirit, the comforter, Jesus, the prince of peace, right? But then you have a responsibility to protect that peace that you've been given and you received when you leave this building because you need to understand this church is not a place where we escape the world. This church is a place where we prepare to go out into the world. And as you go into the world, you protect your mind, you guard your mind, you guard your heart, what you listen, what you speak, what you say, what, what you, everything, you guard it, you possess it, and then you protect it. Oh, see, there's, it's one thing to possess a spouse. It's another thing to protect and cover that spouse through prayer, by having their back, by saying, I got you. You know what? Everything's going to be just fine. Somebody say possessing and protecting. What am I trying to tell you? We need to learn how to value and cherish what we have invested and planted. And don't ever forget this promise at the same time as you've sown. I don't care if nobody else saw you sow seeds and you did things that God told you to do and you feel like it's been overlooked or undervalued and nobody said thank you and nobody said good job, nobody clapped their hands. Guess what? Whatever you've done in private, God will reward you openly and everything that you've sown, you will reap in your life. I said everything you've sown into your children's life, everything that you've sown into your family's life, everything that you've sown, wherever you go, God is not mocked. We will reap what we sow. Oh, come on. Can we go ahead and give him a praise? Thank you, Jesus. See, I've learned we can't take stuff with us to heaven. But guess what? You can send stuff ahead of you to heaven. By the seeds that you sow. I feel the God's presence right now. I think God's just conditioning our hearts right now. You can't send stuff ahead of you. Question, what are you sowing? What are you reaping? What are you believing God for? Because can I tell you something right now? 
what we're doing right now with this first fruits offering, we're honoring God with what he's blessed us with and entrusted us during the first part of this year. Guess why? Because we know that there's more where that came from. There's more. Somebody say, God has more. Oh, God has more. That you don't have to live in poverty your whole life. That you don't have to live in bitterness your whole life. That you don't have to live in hostility your whole life. That you don't have to live in unforgiveness your whole life. But God can set you free. God can deliver you. You can be a blessing to other people. Whatever you sown, you will reap. I'm reminded of just like those uh, parking garages with the, with, the, with the car that goes around. And it's, like a, it's like a little funnel, right? It just keeps on going and keeps on going, right? right? It's a circle, right? And I believe that's how it is in the spirit whenever we sow and we honor God first in our lives, that we honor him and we put him first. And guess what? He takes us to a new dimension. He takes us to a new level. And that God honors him, honors it as we sow seed. Somebody say the law of the harvest. See, I called this message Full Circle Fruits because I want us to realize that as we sow this morning, that what we are sowing and what we are investing to and what we are planting is not in vain. Somebody say it's not in vain. It's not meaningless. It's not for nothing. It's not so that we can have a nice big building or whatever else. We are sowing seeds. And God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, you will reap. And I'm believing. I don't know about you. Come on, Haley. You can go ahead and come up real quick. Anybody get something out of this morning? God will bring things full circle in your life. We have people here, y'all, that went through addictions, that went through alcohol abuse, and now God's using them to have crews and small groups where they are investing and discipling those that are going through that same addiction. You know what that is? A full circle. Oh, your marriage may be on the fence. You may have almost gotten a divorce, but you're here right now in God's house, and you think he's going to let all that go to waste? No, he's going to use all that to come full circle. And I guarantee you, there's other people in this place that are thinking to themselves, I don't know if we can make it. I don't know if we can do it. But God is looking for people that say, God, you brought me full circle for a reason, for a purpose. Everything that I've sown, everything I've been to is not in vain. It's never in vain. It's never in vain. Come on, you can stand your feet this morning. I feel the Holy Spirit in this building. question to you as we come to a close. What are you believing God for right now in your harvest? What do you believe in God for right now? Even when it comes to this first fruits offering, I think there should be one thing, because God blesses unity. Where there's unity, God commands blessing. I don't know about you, but with this first fruits offering, because even me in Brooklyn, we got our first fruits offering right here. We want to practice it too. And I told Brooklyn, I said, babe, for the rest of our life, we're going to live for Jesus. We're going to honor him and put him first. No matter what car we drive, no matter what house we have, no matter how much money we have in the bank account, it doesn't matter. We're going to honor him and put him first because wherever our treasure is, there our heart will be also. And that's what this is all about. It's a heart thing. But this is what we're believing God for when it comes to this time of harvest. We're believing for a harvest of souls. Can I tell you something? We've heard amazing reports and testimonies from people that have been newly involved to this church that 
who even reached out to and impacted during a CARES outreach. And they said things like, man, where have y'all been this whole time? Man, I wish I would have known that that church was there. I don't know what it is, but whenever I come there, I feel something different. I walk out different. I walk out changed, and, and I don't know what it is, but I'm doing better than I've ever done. I'm growing. What is that? That's a harvest. That's why whenever Jesus looked over the crowds and the multitude and he told the disciples, look above, look around you, the harvest is plenty, but the laborers are few. We're believing for a harvest of souls this Sunday morning that we will continue to do what God has called us to do as we steward, as we sacrifice to reach the lost, disciple families, and point people to Jesus. And I promise you this, you will see things come full circle in your life from the seeds that you sow and the seed that you're sowing this morning. And I believe in the form of faces, the form of souls, the form of people, the form of broken marriages, in the form of of young people, teenagers that don't know if they have a purpose or meaning. They're dealing with suicidal thoughts, but one day through the church going outside these walls or them coming to youth on a Wednesday night, they feel the love of God. They hear the word of God taught our children who are growing up, some of them parents in prison, no father, no mother, maybe an absent parent, or maybe no role models in their own home. But because they come to church, because we've sown the seeds and we've done our part, God will bless it. And God will not be mocked. <laughs> Do not be deceived. For whatever a man soweth, that shall he reapeth in Jesus' mighty name. Right now in this moment, if you have your first fruits in your hand or if you're giving online, if it's your first time here, we're so thankful to have you here. We don't want you to feel pressured to give and do that. This is a family matter. But if you feel laid on your heart, that's up to you. This is a family thing right now. As the ushers make their way and we get ready right now, I'm going to pray. And then we're going to worship. And the pastor Bobby's going to step up and tell you when to come forward. But who's ready to sow this morning? Does anybody want to see a harvest take place in their lives? Come on. Thank you, Jesus. So right now, we're going to go ahead and pray together. In Jesus' mighty name. <laughs> God, thank you for bringing us here together and gathering us here. We thank you, Lord, that it's not an accident, it's not a coincidence that you've called these families here, God. We thank you, Lord, for blessing every area, Lord Jesus, as we sow and we honor you and put you first. And we do it with a grateful heart. We do it with a cheerful heart. We do it with the right heart and the right motive to see more people come to you, Jesus. And I speak right now and I prophesy, Lord God, that everything that your children have sown, God, that as a child of God, as a believer, that whatever they've sown, God, they will reap it, God, whether in this life or in the life to come in eternity when we stand before you, Lord Jesus. We pray right now, God, as we sow the seeds, Lord, that you would bring forth the growth, that you would bring forth the increase, God. So 30, some 60, some 100 fold God and we are believing God for revival like Victoria has never seen before God. Let your spirit be poured out God. Build your church, build your house build strong families God set the captives free God we so cheerfully God for you love a cheerful giver and we worship you and we lift up your name Jesus oh come on right now freely we have received, freely we shall give come on before we give and as Pastor Bobby comes up can we go ahead and worship this morning Thank you.